You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. You guys know I start off each episode with a quote. This one will be quick. The one thing we can't control in our business lives is effort. Either you make the commitment and get the results or you don't. Mark Cuban. So I want to jump in. I got a guest today. She's a good friend of mine. We connected in Cabo. I guess it's been a year and a half or something like that. Veronica Figueroa is an award-winning real estate influencer and keynote speaker known for her vivacious personality. Veronica leads the number one team for home sold in EXP, the Figueroa team. She regularly engages with other team leads to share her unique techniques that fuel her team's success. As a result, Figueroa team continues to scale and grow as one of the nation's leading teams serving 2,000 families and clients in 2021 and over 646 million in sales volume. So Veronica Figueroa, thank you for being on the show today with me. Appreciate you being here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I know you're very passionate about the real estate industry. We're going to dive into your story and some of the things you're doing and how you're killing the game and number one team. And the list goes on of the attributes. But just tell us real quick, like, how did you get into real estate? How did you become a real estate entrepreneur? Just give us your your story in a couple of minutes and then we're going to dive in. Yeah, I think I've told the story a lot. So I think I got it narrowed down to free and free. <laughs> you know, I got into real estate by accident. Um, I had just graduated from college and just like a lot of college, you know, graduates, your dream job doesn't always land on your lap immediately. Um, what you had envisioned, and I had a degree in human resources and, you know, it was a little challenging. It was right after 9-11. Well, actually right before 9-11. And I had this vision of working in human resources. But a friend of mine realized that I didn't have a job yet. He was like, hey, let's go get our real estate license. We live in Orlando, Florida. So it was this idea that, you know, we're in timeshare capital of the world and we're going to get rich selling real estate timeshare. And um, I absolutely hated it. I was like, I don't want to do timeshare, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take the class with you just to help you study. He never passed the test, Terrence, and I did. And I ended up having a real estate license. 9-11 happened the next day after I passed my real estate wow. test. Um, so I had no idea, I mean, no desire to be a real estate agent at the time, but I figured, you know what, I'll keep it on the shelf for whenever I might want to buy my own personal house. I was in my, I just graduated, I think it was like 20 or 21. And I didn't do anything with it for a few years until life happened. Um, I went through a divorce uh, right around 24 years old. I had two kids, you know, I had to supplement my income and I had my real estate license, you know, I had kept up with the continuing education, um, but I never really, you know, again, did anything with it until, you know, I had to make that decision to say, how am I going to take care of my children while also, you know, um, making sure I didn't, their lifestyle wasn't as, you know, negatively impacted with the, um, you know, change in my, in my personal life. And um, I started doing real estate part-time. By now I was working in human resources and I was, you know, training, developing, recruiting people to a company. And um, I loved what I did, but I started doing real estate part-time. And I remember I'm, I'm actually sitting at a high desk right now. And I remember the feeling of having to hide underneath the desk and like negotiate contracts because I got really good, really quick. I, I just had this thing with networking and marketing. So I um, started, you know, selling houses to everybody that I knew. And I got that itch, man. I just did it for three months part-time. And I just one day woke up, I said, what if I do this full-time? What if I actually dedicated my time to, you know, real estate and and was willing to go all in with it? And 
I, I remember calling my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to quit my full-time job. I'm burning the boats. I'm going all in. And she says, are you crazy? You got two small kids. You're a single mother now. I said, imagine what I could do if I just gave it my all. I think my first month I made like $11,000 that, that when things started to close. Right. Yep. And I was like, I'm rich. And then I realized I'm not. But imagine if I just give it my all, what would happen? And that was in 2005. And Terrence, here we are in 2022, never looked back. And um, it's been a wild ride. Real estate definitely did change my life. You know, at the moment, I thought I was going to have a little bit of flexibility with my kids. But, you know, my kids, if you ask them, they grew up in the backseat of my car while I'm negotiating and I'm writing contracts on the uh, on the hood of the car at the time. And um, now my kids are in their 20s. So uh, two of them actually work for me uh, in real estate, which is pretty cool. One does marketing and the other one is doing video editing. But um, they've kind of had every role. But yeah, real estate has been in my DNA now for 20 plus years. And I, I love it. Man, that's awesome. I think even when we met, you just carry a vibrant energy about you. And I, I think it's very important to really pull that out of your story because you had the vision, right? You're a visionary, like you had that dream. And I think where we go wrong is you had a vision and a dream, but it called you to step out in faith and, and take that risk. So if you were giving advice to agents that are part-time agents, because you know not a lot of people talk about part-time agents, what would be three things you would give them on how to transition into full-time if you were talking to part-time agents? Absolutely. And I have an affinity for part-time agents, you know, who are, you know, seeing this as an opportunity that they can eventually grow into full-time. I know sometimes you have to go through that process of working a full-time job and doing real estate at the same time. But I know some part-time agents who have more full-time hustle than full-time agents who have part-time hustle, mm. you know, and then they get part-time results yeah. where I've seen part-time agents get full-time results because they're focused They They have a goal in mind and they just really want this. So shout out to all my part-time agents out there who are really working hard to make this their full-time career. There are many success stories. I, I, I am one of them. Um, and if I can give you any hope and inspiration, you know, you might be part-time, you know, labeled part-time just because you're juggling too, but you know, you're on the right track if you really have a plan. And I would tell agents like how many you know, what is you what do you need to make in order to get you to transition full time right and i would say how many deals you know how many closings what's that dollar amount and i've helped coach a lot of agents some were teachers some were second careers that they're just like if i could just do this i could do full time real estate full time and i would you know kind of break it down i'd reverse engineer like okay what does that look like what do we need to pay off how much money do we need to have in reserves you know what do you need to, what needs to happen for you to have the confidence and some Terrence, you know, because I have a team, I tell people like, look, you know, like join my team. Forget about the split, man. Forget about the split. So maybe you're a part time agent that you could join a team that's high performing, you know, like it's a high performance team like ours that has the platform to help you become that full time agent. Because it's not about the split, right? It's about the experience, the exposure, the network, the database, you know, like and, and going back to that, like we got to grow your database, right? The, the quicker we grow your database, the quicker we come up with your strategies to help you become full-time, the quicker we can get you there. And I don't care if it takes six months, a year, two years, we'll get you there if you truly have a plan. Um, This whole ad hoc, like I sell a, a deal here and there, whenever my cousin calls, calls me or my neighbor, you know, I meet them at the, you know, let's say rec center or, or, or the soccer field, that's not going to get you to become a full-time. Yeah. But if you actually come up with a plan and you have a mentor that can 
you know, show you the way. Introduce, and there's different ways in different markets, right? But in my market, you know, we're in Orlando, Florida, high volume, maybe not so high price point, but, you know, there's a lot of people moving here. Like there is a way for you to build a niche, right? And become an agent that people can trust that the consumer doesn't know that you're part-time. They see your full-time effort, whether it's educating people on where to live in Orlando, where to live in, you know, you guys are what? College city? Is that what they call it? College um, station. College station. Yeah, right? College <laughs> station, right? You know, being that advocate and, and, and the world doesn't need to know that you're part-time if you're putting out that full-time value. Yeah. So it's like hitting your database, you know, whether you're building your YouTube, whether you're building your brand. I know a lot of people who are great part-time agents on their way to being full-time and they're going to outperform some of these full-time agents that are going to have to move over. Um, So there is a way you have to have a plan. I would say, find yourself a mentor and you got to be super consistent. Um, And you got to want it more than some of these full-time agents out there who are, I would say, a little bit complacent in the business. No, I love that. You're just as passionate about part-time agents as I am about new agents. Yeah. Oh my God. I love new agents. (laughs) I I love new agents because, you know, when we got in the industry, when I got in, I was in my early twenties and everybody just said, well, how long have you been doing it? Well, I've been doing it 20 years and it it almost like makes you feel less than because you haven't been in it for 20 years. And so I kind of took on this passion of just growing up new agents and and I I love that energy. So like you said, hey, let me let me say something real quick before we segue. Like yeah. I remember being the new agent. I mm-hmm. remember being a young agent too. So not only was I new, I was young. Yep. And there were times, Terrence, and I don't think I confessed this. Like I would lie about my age. I would say I was older so that mm-hmm. I could get a little bit more respect. Or there were things that I did that I just felt like the industry had this taboo on young agents at the time. Yep. Now I love new agents, but I also remember like when I broke into the REO market. When the market crash happened, I remember being told that there was no way I was going to be able to break into REO because that went to the seasoned agents who had been in the business for like 20 years plus. And I remember saying, well, they better move over because I'm hungry. I got five kids at the time I remarried. So now my husband had three kids. So I got three bonus kids, you know, and they were all between the ages of nine and one. So, you know, like we, we had a need, but I remember someone telling me there's no way you're going to get an REO account at the time. That was the only business out there. You had to be in the business a long time to know short sales. Well, I, I did so many short sales that I had to, you know, I had to become an expert and, um, you know, I was the new kid on the block, but I wanted it so bad that it didn't matter my age and it didn't matter how long I've been in the business. It was a reflection of my work ethics and what I was willing to do. And I was not afraid to ask for the business. I wasn't afraid to ask for a chance. I was like, you know, and obviously you're an athlete. I would like, put me in, you know, put me in. (laughs) I'm going to bring it in, you know, and that's exactly what happened. I got one asset manager who saw my passion and was willing to give me the crappiest deal that needed more repairs than I could even afford to fund myself. But guess what? I told him I could do it. And I found a way to fund that deal. I found a way and it was the worst. Like we had to rip out drywall, do all kinds of stuff. And that's when everybody was struggling in 2008, 2009, as far as, you know, real estate agents. And you had to deepen your pocket to pay for the repairs for asset managing, for the asset managers, you know, to give you the deal. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Next yeah. thing you know, man, I got 37 assets all across the state of Florida and I became the new REO like queen because <laughs> I wanted it that bad. And I was willing to do whatever it took. So I didn't care if I was new. I didn't care if I was, you know, broke. 
inexperienced, I was willing to do it because I was, you know, hungry. And, and that's what I want to say to any of the new agents and the part-time agents and struggle, struggling agents or anybody. Like, how bad do you really want it? Man. If you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. We have kindred spirits. You know, I think that that passion and that fearlessness to just figure it out. I think so many times we depend on other people like, well, I, I, I got to go. No, you, it's, you're the common denominator. Figure it out. And I love that story. Just So a couple of things you said for agents that are thinking about transition. What do you need to pay off? There's a lot of wisdom in that. How much reserves do you need? And then drop your pride and your ego and join the team. Who cares about the splits? Just get in there and learn and grow and scale and then database strategy and finding a mentor. So I had some, I just wanted to put that back out there for our listeners because we have, yeah. you know, it's really And, and I want to say one more thing on that is like the, the ego part of joining a team. It's not just about the leads or the splits guys. It's also the career capital. What does that person, you know, what that team leader can pour into you? You know, I have agents that if you say you start on the fig team, people are like, Oh, I, I, we got you, you know, like you, you were, you worked with Veronica, like, man, you know, we know how they are on that team. You're, uh, uh, you know, like you're going to have instant credibility um, as far as like understanding what it is to put in the work, being able to what I would call piggyback and or borrow the authority that we've established in the market. Why not, Why not? take advantage yeah. of that career capital? You work in my world. I'm going to make sure you're you, you know, you're set up for success to be a successful agent, even when you're not on my team anymore, because to me, it's about you're an alumni of the big team. You came from us. I am so excited to help you launch your career. That career capital, I think if I can give you a little bit of a shortcut, it's priceless sometimes. I mean, that's where I want agents, no matter what market you're in, like think about who can help you establish that career capital where you don't have to, you know, start from zero. Man, that's good. So let's pivot then. I mean, you led me right into my next segue. I mean, I was sitting right there when you got the award. I actually snuck up and gave you a hug real quick. Uh, but it was probably so much going on. But, it, you know, number one team for home sold at EXP. So let's talk about that. I mean, tell me about it. What does that mean? Uh, it's still just um, it's really surreal to know that we accomplished that. You know, it's it's 2022, you know, and it took a lot of years to get to that point. And I think the pandemic, just reflecting on that. Um, some of the choices that I made over the last few years to change my business model, to come into a place, a company, a platform that uh, we get to work at that gives you the freedom to just dream and think big, right? And I just, I knew I found my place, but I had no idea, Terrence, that we were going to win, you know, be announced the number one team in the world for EXP. And we're talking about 2,173 units that we some point in 2021 managed. We got paid on 2,173 transactions. We managed 2,173 transactions. We helped create jobs. We built systems. We built operations. We built a real organization, a multi-million dollar revenue generating operation. But be, you know, that's what people see, but they don't know what, what it took to build it. You know, I made strategic business decisions, relationships with big conglomerates. I'm talking about Wall Street money, decisions that people would call me a sellout. They're like, oh, you know, you're in bed with this big box company that that will charge a percentage for this, or you're buying leads, or you're doing, no, I'm building a business. Yep. I'm building a business. And how I choose to build my business with multiple pillars in real estate, it, it should not be judged. But for many years, 
it was judged. And also, Terrence, it's not every day a woman, you know, especially a woman, minority woman gets to take that prize home. Mm -hmm. And I, I share that with you because I want people to have maybe hope or inspiration that they can be the next one to, to hold that trophy or, or, or that award. But for me, it was, it, it represents so much more because a first things versus I'm proud to know that I'm a really good operator. Yep. I'm a really good business person. You know, I've learned to become a better business person. Not really good. I've learned to become a better business person. I have really great people around me, people who um, believe in me and who are excited about what we built. We set out to build something that we never expected to you know, sell 2000 homes. The goal was 1200, to be honest with you. But we put so much like fuel in it and so much passion in it that it just 10x, right? It was just amazing. But it's, it's not necessarily what we did. It's everything we had to overcome. Mm-hmm. I had to become a better leader. I had to find the right people. I had to make decisions and risk certain relationships in order to build what we built. But like, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you look back and you know, this was not an overnight success. There were many tears. There were many mistakes. There were many business decisions that were not good. But, you know, we've done some pretty awesome things. You know, we helped build Zillow's you know, iBuyer program, right? We were a part of that. Whether they thrived or not, at the end of the day, that's not what I set out to do. I set out to test and challenge the industry. I set out to, you know, be, I would say, hopefully a pioneer that consumers deserve choices. This consumers are at the center of all of this, right? And as a real estate agent who I would, I want to be known as being nimble, innovative, forward thinking, daring to be different, not afraid to push you know, the envelope. That's what I feel we've accomplished to set a new, to go against the status quo was what I was most proud of. And, you know, yeah, the sales, like to be able to say that we did that and, you know, we'll forever hold that close to our heart. You know, I don't know if we'll be number one next year because we got so much talent joining and, and you know, I'm kind of getting to a point where maybe I'm going to work smarter in certain areas of my life, but to take that, you know, home and know that we did it. It for me means so much more than just the amount of homes we sold. It's the lives that we've impacted. And it's what I hope it represents for inspiration. Ladies, we have arrived. Yep. We you know, here. we have arrived. <laughs> yeah. uh, minorities, we have arrived. You know, um, if I have a voice in, in change, I promise I'm going to use it for change that will say we deserve to be at the table. We are smart. We are educated. We deserve wealth. And, and deserving is such a word that's like, kind of like something like someone was taking something away from us. No, no. It is our time to know that we are representing such an important aspect of the real estate space in business, in just inspiration. So for me, that's what it represents, Terrence. And I don't know if I'm going down a rabbit hole, but that's where my heart is. You right. know? And, and that's what's important for me. And, um, you know, I love all the boys, but move over. The ladies have shown what we're capable of. And I hope that I could leave a little bit of inspiration for people. Listen, here's the deal. Like, y'all want to hear the real nitty gritty? 16 and pregnant, bankrupt by the age of 24. I mean, divorced by the age of 24, bankrupt by the age of 26, made multiple bad investments. Here we are being able to reflect on all that to get to this moment and be like, (sighs) here we are. This is beautiful. This is amazing. And um, wow. I, I will always honor and cherish this. Moment. That's good. 
Yeah. So my our theme this year for our camp, we know we do a camp for underprivileged kids and football, finance, and faith. We use football, obviously, to get them there. We had almost 500 kids show up. It was crazy. But our theme this year was restoration. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, your, that's your work. God has restored everything tenfold mm-hmm. that you thought you lost. And so that's just who he is. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. So as a broker, because we've talked about the team, but you were a broker for a, a season of life. And when you pivoted, what about EXP? Because I'm getting a lot of calls now, you know, me being an independent broker for 10, 12 years and being a part of leading RE and all this stuff. Now that I, I just hit my anniversary just this week, actually. So I've been here now 12 months at EXP. I'm starting to see, I, I feel like a lot of the brokers were waiting to see me be there the whole year. And now they're starting to call me. But for you as a broker, what made you say EXP is the right model? Like, you know, what, what about it? I'm always going to be grateful for my time at Remax which was my previous broker. Um, I learned a lot. I feel like that's where I kind of grew up, got a lot of professional experience there. And um, at the time it was the right move for me. But when I found EXP, I had reached a point in my career. And I think that this is where, listen, if I'm known for anything, I want to be a truth teller. Terrence, I want to be a truth teller. And, And it's something that I know in the real estate space, we're brainwashed to believe you start off as an agent, you become a top producer, you become a broker. And that's the end goal, right? And 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 you like egos in the way, your name's on the building, but what they don't tell you is the liability. And they don't tell you you're one lawsuit away from an ENO insurance claim that could wipe your entire brokerage out. Mm. They don't tell you is that you've got people out there making decisions on your behalf, on your name, and you assume all the liability. And mm. not to say you're a bad, it's a bad thing to be a broker. I'm not saying that. It just wasn't my thing, right? And then I think of like, well, I'm a broker. And I'm really better at selling houses and developing people and marketing, right? And I started looking at all the broker duties that I had to do. I was like, okay, I could hire a broker, but if that person wanted to quit tomorrow, I'm back at square one and I got to find me another broker. And I just started asking myself questions like, what do I want to be in the next five years? What do I want to do? Like, is the broker or owning a brokerage really what I want? And I started kind of like doing this audit of what I enjoyed doing, what I didn't enjoy doing. And kept on coming back to the same answer. I love developing people. I love developing my team. I want to grow and scale my team. And I had this big vision of being beyond my zip code. I don't know what that meant. It was before I could even pinpoint what it meant, but I was always someone who was willing to share my journey. And I'd be, I had the privilege of being on a couple of stages and to share my story. So it started being very clear that my purpose was not to be a broker, Mm. but I wanted to help brokers. And then I would get that pit in my stomach and my husband would say things like, you know, why are we working so hard to keep the doors open at a brokerage that really isn't profitable? And, and the thing is that anybody listening that owns a brokerage, so there's, there's this kind of like, there's the broker, you have to stay in production for you to be profitable. Yeah. Then there's the small brokerage where, you know, you ain't got a real business, you know, you got a job because unless you sell something, you know, your brokerage isn't profitable. Yeah. And then you start building this team. Well, you might as well have a team bridge. Um, within a brokerage. I think teams that are inside a brokerage are brilliant too. Um, that's what we have now. But then you get to a point where you're like, okay, you have enough agents to where you're profitable. You start being profitable, but then someone leaves you. Yeah. Now you're back at square one. So then it's like, okay, so do I build the brokerage where I have hundreds of agents? That's pretty profitable, right? You got to have a model where it's like at scale, lots of agents, you know, and, and you pour a lot of resources into them. And then you got that kind of like messy middle. Yeah. Or where I was at, it was that messy middle. It's like 30 agents, you know, it was a, a, a kind of like, I would say like a black hole 
And I was in the black hole for a while. It was like, I loved having a team that was super profitable. Independent agents were great, but I had to still either be in production somehow, some way, either building my team or being the one in listing appointments. Because the truth is what people don't tell you is the brokerage model is not very profitable. (laughs) Maybe other people have a better formula, but it's usually high agent count, high agent count, or you have a team that's super profitable in the brokerage. In the brokerage yep. that you own and that you own, by the way, the, 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 the team has to or, or you just have to have, you know, other ancillary services to support. Because at the end of the day, the brokerage model, in my opinion, was broken. Yeah. And I was tired of being the broke broker. Yep. I was a better producer. I was a better team leader than I was enjoying being the broker that, you know, society tells you this is your next step. You're supposed to be the broker behind the desk and serving. I love serving agents, but it wasn't at the brokerage capacity. Mm. I didn't enjoy that part of it. So when I already knew that answer, when EXP came to light, and my ego was in the way, my ego was like, oh, no, I can make this work. Uh," um, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. When EXP was on the map, I was like, kind of like reluctantly trying to ignore it, reluctantly. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to hear about this. I can't. And then one day I just took the time to say, what would a world that I had a little bit of freedom look like? Mm. And it just checked all the boxes. It checked all the boxes of, you know, being able to scale into any market, grow globally, having mentorship from people who like I absolutely admire and was inspired by that I could be in business with and partnership with. And they're excited about my success, talking to people that were equally as maybe experienced or even more and them being honest about like, yeah, man, we found a better way. And I was willing to listen. I'm like, what is that way? Because I'm willing to listen because before I was too hard-headed to listen. Mm. So then EXP just changed game. And, and just to know that the agent could be at the center of it. I was like, I'm always rooting for the, you know, the underdog, right? I'm the person who has big dreams. I'm like, but I didn't want them to have to go and get into debt and lose money and, you know, have this belief that they had to go and get brick and mortar and, you know, have all the responsibility and liability to have all the success that can come along with what the industry has to offer. EXP was the answer for me, hands yeah. down. Wow. You summed it up for a lot of us independent <laughs> brokers and team leaders, and that's good. So I got this one section. It's called Coming In Hot. So this is kind of fun. I've run it. You're competitive. You got this. We got a couple more minutes. So we call it Coming In Hot. It's like a race. It's almost like a 40 time. So how quickly okay. can you answer the questions? You ready? Mm-hmm. So the music will come on, coming in hot. All right, here we go. Start. Do you have a college degree or no college degree? College degree. All right. What was your greatest challenge as a child? I used to fight a lot. Okay. To get bull jumped. <laughs> she used to fight. What was your first attempt at entrepreneurship? Uh, I was selling ICs in summer at the age of eight to the people who were playing marbles. There you go. What was the worst real estate advice you've ever received? That I could only sell to Latinos. Who was the person who made the biggest impact on your career? Uh, my mother. 40 seconds. That ain't bad. She was rolling. <laughs> ah, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. I love that. Those are great questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more questions, then we're going to get out of here. So this was good. What's this? So a lot of times people want to know, they see you on stages at Inman, they see you at EXPCon, which I'm so proud of you. I was sitting on the front row when you were the, the main keynote uh, interviewer and everything. So once again, so proud of you. Thank you. What's the secret to good time management for someone like you that's a real estate entrepreneur? 
What's the secret to good time management? What are some hacks that you use or that you've learned over the years? You know, um, it's not time management, it's choice management. Ooh, that's good. Now where I'm at in my life, if it if it doesn't feel good in my soul, then I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Like today I flew in to Orlando. I had a choice to either pack my schedule and and you know, pretty much interrupt my spirit and not truly have grace with myself. And I'm realizing I do better work when I'm at peace. Yeah. And I know sometimes we think we just want to jam pack our business, you know, busy, busy, busy work. Now I'm doing more of um, work that's aligned with me, right? It's got to feel good. So this morning, you know, there were some things I was like, hey, this is going to, it's going to be too much pressure on me and you're not going to get the best version of me. Um, I'd love to reschedule so this way I could be present. So now I make a lot more decisions on the choice and that I could put out better work. Um, that's a hack that I've learned. I live by my calendar. And I, I also, you know, I'm not afraid to, if something, you know, is, it's not the, even though I thought it was the right timing, something shifted to, to have that uncomfortable conversation now and say like, listen, I put a lot of thought into this and this is where I'm at. And it's just not aligned. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. You have permission to change your mind. And for me as a busy, busy real estate, I would say entrepreneur now, and maybe call business owner, influencer. I get a lot of people, I was telling you this, I got a lot of people throwing opportunities at me all the time and wanting a piece of me. And um, I just have learned to scale my time and just say, you know, maybe you should speak to my COO or my marketing team and people who I know can still get the job done. I don't have to have my hand in everything. And they're so clear on what my purpose is that they'll know if if it's a yes or a no. And if it's not moving the business forward, if it's this here's the best life hack, choice management. But if it's not moving your business, if it's not moving your life forward, your business forward or your spirit forward, like bringing you joy, why do it? Yep. To do it just to do it. Sometimes it's just noise. I used to be a real big noisemaker. I used to be that girl who's always busy. Now it's more like if it's not moving my, my business forward, my life forward, my family forward or my soul forward, it's it's a no for me. It's a no. Yeah, a pastor pulled me to the side a couple of years ago. I've never met this pastor. I just went to meet him at the church and he said, Terrence, I got a message for you. Never met him in my life. And he said, God is telling me to tell you, your no is going to be so much more important than your yes. And so that really helped me. It's exactly what you're saying. A couple more questions. You've built a great brand with the FIG team. What do you feel like your, is your kind of secret to success with building brand building? It's funny because I've had my brand, you know, we've been building a brand for a long time and it's evolved. You know, Fig Team has had many iterations. I really think that the brand is a reflection of who we are authentically. We want our brand to give the same essence that people would feel when they meet us, right? We we believe in, like we call ourselves Fig Team now, right? You speak Figaro team, but you know, we've always, I think, put out a brand that has a reputation that stands for excellence. We're going to, you know, you know, work really hard for our clients and for our partners and for our agents and we get the job done. We do what we say we're going to do. But now, you know, it's like FIG team, we've got these little acronyms like family inspiration growth, right? We tell agents, listen, you think you're joining a real estate team, but you're joining personal development team. You're joining a community. You're joining a family. That's how we treat everybody. So the logo, it's funny. It's had its iterations, but the brand itself, I think is a reflection of who we are at the center, right? And we have this mission and vision that's very aligned with what we're building. It's, um, you know, to, to, to inspire the heart, the art, 
in the science of real estate. It's yeah. how we are. That's why I'm obsessed with data. I'm obsessed with building, but it still comes down to the heart and the art, right? And I had someone who used to work for me, you know, kind of do a templated logo for us. And then when we broke off, then she stopped working for me and like kind of like went and kind of used my my network to build her business. She kind of went and duplicated the brand. And it's like, next thing you know, I see our very similar font, but it didn't matter if someone ripped off and duplicated my- Still not you. Font, my, the, the, the gaudiness or whatever it was, they're not us. Yep. And our brand is at the core of it. When you're building a brand, it's knowing who you are. And if you know who you are and what you're building, you can build a brand that's beautiful, that reflects you, and it can have different iterations and it can evolve into something beautiful. The biggest thing is you got to walk the walk that your brand is saying that you are, and you got to be consistent and it's got to be authentic. It can evolve. Give yourself permission to evolve. And you know, marketing, it's, it's something I'm passionate about. Um, obviously, I'm not the one who comes up with all the creative stuff, but I think I'm a big part of it because I play a part in the vision of it Love and it. what it should feel like and what it feels like when you're in our presence. Yeah, and if your good. brand can have energy, even when you're not around, then you know you've built a great brand. Love it. Wow. I'll take you to battle any day because <laughs> I know <laughs> you're going to give me 110 and you're fearless. We have the same spirit. Oh, thank you. All right. Last it's an honor, first of all, to, to even be in your presence and, and learn from you and call you a friend. So I'm honored. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. So this question is our moonshot. Obviously, like Elon Musk said, to the moon. So your moonshot is like, what's your one goal or dream that people think isn't possible, but that's like, you're like, one day I'm going to do that. What is that moonshot for you? What is a moonshot for you? I would love to help make a hundred millionaires. There you go. I would love to help a hundred people become millionaire. And it's not about the money. It's about, I know what it felt like first time I realized I was one. Yeah. And I know I would love to impact more people and what they could do. Like I was able to retire my mom. I was able to buy my mom and dad a house. I was able to create some, some pretty awesome, I would say memories and do some things for people who are special to me. And it's not about, and I'm just getting started. Like yeah. I'm just put it out there. Like, yeah, for sure. you know, I want to build homes. I want to help underprivileged people. I want to help young girls that maybe have been abused or who have been mentally abused or whatever the case might be. So it's not about the money. It's about the impact. But I also know that there's some people in my generation where when we talked about wealth, it was a taboo. It was like, oh, you know, we are wealthy. And, and it was like a bad thing. And I want it to be okay to build wealth. That's I want good. people to be okay to do good things with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think um, never really put it out there, but yeah, we're going to a hundred more millionaires. Let's get it. So we have all our guests in the real estate entrepreneur bring a book that they recommend. The Alchemist, that book changed my life when I was in a very dark moment and era. And I think, you know, when you see that the presidents have read that book and, and some of the most um, impressive, and I would say important people have have read that book. It's it's a book I didn't realize was so powerful until after I read it and saw how many people raved about it. Great book. No matter where you're at in your life, it's it's one I would say read it. I've read it like four or five times. And um The Untethered Soul is a book for <laughs> right, change. I'm done. I'm done. Literally. I'm gonna come run out of here. This is getting scary. Why? Because I was waiting on you to finish about the alchemist. And literally in my mind, I'm sitting here saying, as soon as Veronica's done, I was going to say, do you read physical books or do you listen to books? I have it in my notes right here where I was like, 
I was going to send you the book as a gift for being on the show. And the book that I was going to send you was Untethered Soul. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, I, um, I have the Untethered Soul. And then what I love is I actually gift this journal to, oh, wow. um, you know, women or people who are important to me. And I did a woman's healing, like just retreat. And every woman got the Untethered Soul guided journal you know, so that they could take the time and, and listen and, and, and speak nice things to themselves. And this is a book that has changed my life. Wow. Someone asked me the other day what I would say to what I would do differently. And I would say nicer things to myself. Wow. If I could go back. And uh, that book has just definitely like inspired me. And um, yeah, I'm probably like one of their biggest ambassadors. They don't even know who I am. But you know, I love this book and it's changed my life. I'm so blown away right now. <laughs> it's it's tough. You know, I'm a pretty monotone personality. You know, I've played in front of millions, done all that. I'm pretty like just, I was just talking to my best friend growing up. He was a pastor for 15 years and he was my best friend growing up about this book. And I said, dude, you got to get it. We were talking about it last night and I'm like, wow. I'm, I had my whole organization reading this book. And for you to just say, I got two books. We've never had somebody do two books. That's the first thing. This is like 65, 65 episodes. They've only done one book. And then she did two. And I was waiting on her to finish so that I could say, I got a book I want to send you. And it's Untethered Soul. That, that's God. Okay. Final and th- I got the journal right here with me like a, like, a, like a crazy lady. Man, the Lord has connected us for a reason, like real talk. Like aside, Aww. real estate, all that. That is not normal. That is not normal. I'm just, well, they, 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 they're going to get see it here in real time, how the connection works well, and how. Oh, how awesome. yeah. We're going to come back in 10 years and be like, you remember that podcast when we were talking about that <laughs> book? And so final thoughts, I'm going to get you out of here. Final thoughts. What would you leave for our listeners on the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast and the audience? And then where can people find you? OK, so my final thought for anyone who's listening, whether you're part time, full time or maybe in this, you know, challenging tight market that we're in that a lot of people are a little uncertain about is. Your actions determine your economy. I don't care what market we're in. Um, you could be successful in any market based on the actions that you take, the mindset that you have, and the work you're willing to put in. And I've been through many, many markets. And um, I will say uh, I came out okay in each. So so can you. And you can, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Veronica Figueroa Inspires, or follow me on Facebook. If you ever want to hit us up, uh, you could always go to, you know, veronicafigueroa.com and find me there or the Figueroa team. You've many ways to find us. Hit us up and we'd love to connect. If there you're thinking is. about Orlando, Florida, where you where you connect there. There it is. Great episode. So proud of you. Thank you for being on the show today and Untethered Soul. That's the book, man. Wow. <laughs> I, golly. I got to go out and go walk around the building. Thank you again for being here. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 